0: Greenie with Mike Greenberg, the podcast.
1: Back and Better Than Ever, Greenie presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests like Dan Orlovsky in just a minute on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. A reminder as I tell you every day that while I would love for you to spend two hours with me here all day long, I understand you've got a life. you got things you're doing. You're busy. So you can catch up anytime you want because this show is a podcast every day. In fact, it's two podcasts. They take each hour, they make it its own podcast. It's called Hashtag Greeny. You can find it anywhere you find your podcasts. Uh, I just got a note from my friend Malika Andrews. You know Malika. She's a terrific NBA reporter for us at ESPN. Kyrie Irving, who had said he wasn't going to speak to the media for the entire year and referred to the media as pawns, um, I I guess he has amended that because I got a note that he uh, has spoken to the media for 15 minutes today. So I guess by not talking to them all year, he meant not until after the weekend. <laughs> but, but one way or another, we're going to get Malika on here at the end of the hour because I'm interested to hear what he had to say. We'll, we'll, we'll be wall-to-wall football until then, including my hot takes and yours. But we will uh, pop Malika up here at, towards the end of the hour and, and just find out what it is Kyrie had to say because I think that is worth following. It was nice to see Kevin Durant back on the court yesterday. The NBA desperately needs him. Uh, but anyway, of course, we will spend most of this hour talking about football. Guys, is Orlowski ready to go? Let, let's get Dan in here if we can. Dan Orlowski is with me on the Shell Penzo performance line. And Dan, within just the last little while, we did finally get the news that is obviously not a surprise. In fact, it seems ridiculously obvious that Jalen Hurts will be the starting quarterback for the Eagles this week. I have so much I want to get into with you. But let's start with just what you saw from him yesterday and what you think it means going forward with him at quarterback.
2: Yeah, Greeny, I actually just got done watching that game again, and the thing that consistently stood out in my notes was decisive. He was just really decisive with whatever decision he was making. Sometimes it was getting the ball out of his hands for easy completions into shallow crosses or to the back out of the backfield, and then sometimes it was him taking off and running and maybe getting through the progression faster than you, quote-unquote, want a quarterback to – But he turned it into positive plays. Now, how long is that going to happen? He had 14 designed carries. Like We know that's not something that will sustain a long period of time in the NFL. But at the end of the day, yesterday, he had an opportunity against the number one defense in the NFL to play with a relatively beat-up roster. And he played really decisive football. And for a kid to have that opportunity and to go and, and that be the kind of defining the, the defining category, the defining name that comes out of that game yesterday for him or, or the style of play that he had was a really good sign. And so definitely some growth has to happen with the passing game for him. But there, it looked like a completely different offense with him at the helm.
1: Yeah, to me, I think the more interesting question than how good can he become is what does all of this mean? For the incumbent, mm. like one, and that's been your guy. Again, anyone who watches get up or watches yeah. you on NFL live and you've always believed in, da- and, in Carson Wentz and that's, that's, that's great. And there have been times when you looked really good, like the end of last season when you and I both thought he had turned a corner, but where is he now? And what happens to him yeah. next? Yeah, I'll be clear. I completely
2: believe in Carson Wentz talent wise, a hundred percent still. Uh, I think there's three things that stand out in my mind. First of all, He needs to be fixed mentally. You need to sit down with him and go back to 2017 when he's the MVP of the NFL, and then it gets ripped away from him because of the injury, and he watches somebody else as a quarterback take his team to the Super Bowl, kind of grinds his rear end off to come back the next season, 2018, and it gets ripped out away from him for for an injury, and someone else takes his team to the playoffs. You need to sit down and figure out what that did to him. You know what that did to his psyche, and then talk to him about last year when the decimated roster, he puts the team on his back and carries them to the playoffs. He finally has the get rid of the Nick Foles ghost moment, right? Find out what that did to him mentally and then the second-round draft pick at quarterback. And you need to sit down and just hash out where he is with doubt and self-belief and confidence and confidence in himself and those around him. That needs to happen before you ever fix him or kind of... Um, rectify some of the physical flaws, okay? So I believe in the talent, but that needs to happen more than anything. But then the next two things are this. If Jalen Hurts continues to play good football, the Carson – or can you trade Carson Wentz question – becomes more realistic. I know what the financial ramifications are in the draft to pick investment. It's the NFL. Nothing surprises me. I've seen it way too many times. The more Jalen Hurts plays well and wins, that becomes a more realistic question. And then the second thing would be this. If he does play well, Jalen Hurts, and you within your organization feel like the draft selection of him affected Carson Wentz, how can you possibly have both of them on your team next year. I have no idea how anyone could sit there and think we'll have a quarterback competition if you thought that draft pick affected him. So there's a lot that can happen over the next three
1: weeks. Greenie and Orlovsky with you here, presented by Progressive Insurance. As you and I are talking, a bunch of news is coming in I want to get your reaction to, but let me start with where we originally were going to go, and that is staying in the division. So you have the Eagles. They remain alive based upon that win. Yeah. The team that I had made up my mind was the best team in that division, went out and laid an egg yesterday in the New York Giants, who get beat at home against Arizona and look terrible doing it. And I would just ask you, having watched it, do you think that it was a mistake to have Daniel Jones back in there?
2: It seems like it, because as you watch him in that game, like here's the thing, Daniel Jones is benefited because of his athleticism I mean he's really started to play better football because they they have implemented more quarterback running if he can't do that he's limited you know he's a good passer, but he 's limited and so it, when you watch that game I rewatched it um right after first take, and it's just like he was stationary, very little movement, zero quarterback designed runs that limits them offensively and so it looks like If he's not healthy, you have to go with Colt McCoy, but then you don't think that they're good enough to win the division. So uh, uh, they they must have felt confident enough that he can go operate their offense sufficiently, but it did not look like he was healthy remotely.
1: And so that was a very um, frustrating performance for them. And now Washington takes over the division lead. They have the best player in the division in Chase Young. So we'll wait and see. Three weeks left in those teams with a chase to the finish. Uh, While we were talking, I just got this. The updated odds for MVP of the league this season leading into this weekend, Patrick Mahomes was minus 500 and Aaron Rodgers was plus 450. After the weekend, it's gotten a lot tighter. Mahomes minus 275, Rodgers plus 190. Right now, who gets your vote?
2: Aaron Rodgers, you know, I feel like those guys have been in lockstep for the great majority of the last two months. But when you watched Patrick Mahomes yesterday throw his three interceptions, some of them are great plays, I get all that. And then Aaron Rodgers have another monster game. Aaron Rodgers has to be the leader right now. If you compare them, you would claim you – know, it's, it's fact that Aaron Rodgers has less talent around him, especially at the skill position. So he's doing more when it comes to QBR. He's got more touchdowns. He's got better touchdown-to-interception ratio. He's the number one seed. Okay, so there's everything that you want out of your quarterback – Rodgers is doing, and he's doing it with only really Devontae Adams. I think their tight ends are nice pieces. Lazard, I'm a huge fan of. But Rodgers is doing more up until this day than Patrick Mahomes. Granted, it's very close, but Rodgers right now is the MVP of the NFL.
1: Yeah, I actually think I have to agree with you, and I've been on the other side strongly. And there's still three more weeks, and we'll see what happens. But I think I would have to acknowledge. Uh, yesterday. And I think I, Patrick Mahomes is... Yeah, go ahead. he's still
2: the best player, Greeny. We know yeah. that, right? Like Patrick Mahomes is the best player. He's probably going to be the best player for the next dozen years. But the most valuable guy, the guy that has been the best performer, is Aaron
1: Rodgers. Yeah, I, I think I have to agree with that. I I want not to, because it contradicts this this sort of campaign that I've been running here. But you got to admit, I mean, when yeah. you're wrong, you're wrong. And at this moment, right now, if I had a vote, I would vote for Rodgers. There were three weeks left. We will see what winds up happening. Next, I want you to explain, because I think you analyze the play of quarterback as well as anybody I know, what we are seeing in Josh Allen in Buffalo right now. Because when he came out, the book on him was he's not accurate, he doesn't make good decisions. He's just a big, strong guy who can run fast and throw it hard, but he doesn't have all of the other little nuances that it takes to be a great quarterback. And here we are in his third season, and I'm watching what I'm watching. You tell me what it is we're seeing and how they got there.
2: Hard work will be talent when talent doesn't work hard, but when you get talent and it works hard, it becomes special. And there was a lot of talent for Josh Allen coming out of school. I was not somebody who thought the accuracy was an issue. The thing that I said would, would potentially hold Josh Allen back was recognizing things pre-snap. I remember watching him play a couple games and going, okay, it almost looks like he doesn't think the pressure is coming. And what you've seen is he's really grinded on the mental aspect of quarterbacking, the understanding pre-snap things, the change of coverage, blitz, hot answers. He has grinded and committed towards that. He's with a really good coaching staff with Brian Dable and Ken Dorsey that have kind of crafted this plan around him. They've, they've got great understanding of space in football and matchups in football. And so you had this, like, this big, strong-armed quarterback that was super talented. And then he has put in the work over three years. And we often think like guys that come into the NFL, they're just finished products, right? We, just, we think that that's what they are. And what you're seeing is development at that position. You're seeing guys work at the little things, touch on the football. He's added spacing has become a big part of their offense that makes some of those throws easy. So that the the um, the the completion percentage has benefited from that. But at the end of the day, he still is the talented player that was that early first round draft pick. But it's it, it's here. He's he's taken the game up top. He's taken the game and said, okay, I know I have the physical talent. The only thing that is going to hold me back is if I don't play this game mentally. And when you play the game mentally like he has, or when you, when you get a grasp of it mentally, quarterbacking is always going to be a reactionary position. And, and you want to react. And he's doing such a good job of having a plan before the play, and then the talent takes over when he has the ball in his hands.
1: Four o'clock Eastern today and every afternoon on ESPN NFL Live with Dan and Marcus, Laura, Mina, and company. Dan, I'll be watching. Thank you, my friend. I'll see you later in the week. You're the best, Greeny. Thanks, bro. All right, it's Dan Orlovsky with me. I was going to, when I first saw it come in, I was going to ask him about this Jim Harbaugh story I was just sent. But as I read it through here quickly, it's not that interesting. I'm going to read you quotes from Harbaugh. By now you know Jim Harbaugh has one year left on his contract at Michigan. It's been a very disappointing year there. And, and generally it's been a disappointing Tenure, I guess you would say for him there, Michigan man that he is, and he's one who has had great success in the NFL, and I think a lot of people wonder if he would go back after this year to the NFL. He was asked about his contract, and he said, quote, that question does come up. I tell them my plan is I'm committed to Michigan. I have been, am, and will remain. Ward, meaning Ward Manuel, the AD, and I will talk at the end of the season on the current contract, and that's the truth. That's where it stands. So when I first saw it, it said here, Jim Harbaugh recommitted to his future at Michigan. I, I don't know if that's exactly what he's saying here. We'll, we'll have to go a little deeper into that, but I do think that is one that bears watching because I, I, there will be the usual 6-8 to eight, uh, coaching turnover in the NFL this season. And I think Harbaugh is a guy, despite the disappointment at Michigan, that would be in someone's plans. The, he would certainly get some interest for an NFL head coaching vacancy, and we'll see what happens. All right, before I get to the heart takes, uh, the hot takes, it's from a Monday Night Football preview brought to you by Progressive Insurance. We got the Ravens. We got the Browns. And for me, my preview is very simple. You know I'm from Missouri. I'm actually not. I'm from the West Village. But like people from Missouri, you have to show me. So I have been very impressed with what I've seen from the Cleveland Browns of late. Obviously, Baker Mayfield put them on his shoulders and and carried them last week in, I think, his best game as a pro in a win over Tennessee. But you're going to have to show me one more time tonight. I am fully ready to buy in in a huge way to the Browns and Baker if they win tonight. Baltimore is the team they cannot get past. All right, the Browns have had two big brothers in that division for a long time. They've been a bad team. But they've also been the little picked on kid brother to both Baltimore and Pittsburgh, who have run that division basically for the last 20 years or more. And they continue, even in this year of great improvement. The Browns got stomped when they played Baltimore and they got stomped when they played Pittsburgh. They get their shot at both of them again. They get Baltimore tonight in their own building tonight, games in Cleveland. And then they get the Steelers the last week of the season. So like I say, I'm from Missouri. You have to show me. If he does it tonight, if Baker does it tonight against Baltimore, then I buy in fully. But until then, I do not. My pick is the Ravens tonight. They're actually favored. And I like the Ravens for the straight-up win tonight in what I hope is a really good game on Monday Night Football. And my preview was brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average. Call or click today. Find out if we could save you hundreds on your car insurance. All right, Greeny, and now it's time for a Monday staple. It's the hot takes. I'm going to take yours in just a few minutes here. You'll be calling up with those. I'll give you the number in a second. But right now, Mr. Bubba, give me a little music over there and let me give you my top three hot takes coming out of a Sunday in the National Football League. Yesterday, we count them down three, two, and one. Number three. Number three is the Chicago Bears should never have benched Mitch Trubisky in the first place. He has a ceiling much higher than Nick Foles. They wasted a season figuring out something they should never have been trying to figure out in the first place. Mitch Trubisky was a mistake to take him in front of Deshaun Watson, and I thought Deshaun would come in there and light the Bears up yesterday. Instead, it was Trubisky playing a great game, and he's been playing much better. But the truth of the matter is, this was a a decision that was made that Trubisky had no say in this year and they decided to hand the ball to Nick Foles, and they stayed with it to the last possible minute, which is ironic because they got rid of Trubisky at the first possible minute, leading to the ridiculous statistic that when Mitch Trubisky starts games this year, they're like 5-1. And And when he doesn't, you knew the rest. Someone get me that number. I had it. 4-1, whatever the heck it is. They're 6-6 now, and maybe they sneak into the back end of the playoffs. I don't know. But one way or another, they were trying to find something that isn't there in Nick Foles. And they should have been trying to figure out what they had. The coach was hired with the express purpose of figuring out how to unlock the quarterback. And he never really seemed to want to do it, and he didn't do it. And yesterday was just a little tiny indication of why that should have been the plan all along. That's hot take number three. Bubba, give me number two. Number two. Chase Young is the best player in the NFC East, and it isn't close He's also the best rookie in the NFL and the most impactful. I love Justin Herbert. I think he's going to be a great player. I loved Joe Burrow before he got hurt. I think he's going to be a great player. I love Justin Jefferson. He's a spectacular talent in Minnesota. I like the running back in Washington. There's a bunch of really good um, rookies. But the best of them is Chase Young. And yesterday, you know who Chase Young reminded me of? Now listen, don't, don't, don't go crazy when I say this. Because... One game does not turn you into the greatest player I ever saw. But the best defensive player I ever saw in my life was Lawrence Taylor. Lawrence Taylor was the best defensive player I ever saw. There is something about Chase Young that reminds me of that. Again, I'm not trying to compare the two before anyone goes crazy on me. But what I am saying is Chase Young is about to become, if he isn't already, that player that keeps opposing coordinators up all week long. It used to be said that at his best, Lawrence Taylor, the offensive coordinator on the other team, just wouldn't sleep all week long figuring out what the heck are we going to do with 56. Chase Young is that guy. He's that good. He's that good on every snap of the game. He is not just a pass rusher. He annihilates people. He makes a difference in every, on every snap. You have to know where he is. And he is the best player in the division, and he is the reason Washington is going to win the NFC East. All right, Bubba, one more. Number one. The Bills are who I told you Friday they were the biggest threat to Kansas City in the AFC. And they proved it last night. Hashtag Bills Mafia with its chests out. And we talked with, with Dan Orlovsky at the beginning of this hour about how good Josh Allen was and how good he is. That team is for real, they are complete. Their defense is playing better. They are good from top to bottom. They're great on third down. They're great on fourth down. They're good in the red zone. The quarterback is outstanding. The Bills are legit. The Buffalo Bills are a Super Bowl contender right now. 2020, the Bills are a Super Bowl contender. In the AFC, the teams that I think are the likeliest to go to the Super Bowl from the AFC are Kansas City 1, Buffalo 2. That's it. Maybe Tennessee, the way the Steelers are looking. And if I could just take a moment on the Steelers coming off of that, because that was the game last night. The Steelers played three standalone games in a 12-day stretch. You saw them by themselves on a Wednesday, by themselves in the early spot on a Monday, and then last night, Sunday night football. They played three games when no other games are going on, so you got to see every snap. And in those three games, they rushed the ball for a combined total of 136 yards. This is a Steelers team that for the first half of this season was as good a rushing team as there was in the NFL. They've stopped doing it. They've stopped trying to do it. They're much too one-dimensional, and their defensive players have dropped like flies. The Steelers have gone from 11-0 to maybe being a team that you couldn't see making any kind of playoff run, and it's a terrible shame with a 38-year-old quarterback because he doesn't have that many shots left at it. I'd like to see him get another crack at the thing. I don't think it's going to be this year. Those are my top three hot takes. They should have never benched Trubisky. Chase Young is the best rookie in the National Football League. And the Bills are the second best team in the AFC. What are yours? 888-729-3776. 888-SAY-ESPN. It's a Monday staple. Your hot takes are coming up
0: next. Greeny, the podcast.
3: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do.
1: For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, Clickranger.com or just stop by. Greeny with you as we approach half past the hour here on ESPN Radio, and delighted that you were with me coming to your hot takes and just a couple of moments here, 888-SAY-ESPN is the number, Eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. 729 3776 Looking for your hot takes coming off of a busy NFL Sunday yesterday, and it was a day in which I did something I don't usually do, but as I sat and watched the games, I jotted down a bunch of notes, and so for those I haven't gotten to yet, before we get to your takes, let me give you a few more of mine, just sort of a Monday musings, if you will, Hashtag Bubba, let's do this with a little bit of music, and I'll just run through some of these quick so we get some calls in. What is our first game?
0: Saints and Eagles.
1: Oh, yeah. So so we've talked a lot about the Eagles, who have now officially made the quarterback change. Jalen Hurts will be the starter again. We haven't talked much about the Saints, and I'm telling you right now, their chances of winning depend entirely on the ability of a 41-year-old man to come back and be at his absolute best from 11 broken ribs and a collapsed lung or a punctured lung because if you needed evidence of it you saw it yesterday that team is not winning a championship with Taysom Hill Taysom Hill is an excellent player to have on your team he's a great weapon he's an outstanding he's a tight end with a great arm but I believe if it is going to be a situation where Breeze cannot come back they should try Jameis because the limitations on their offense with Taysom Hill are evident they're obvious to watch, and it cost them yesterday. In a game against, a game they absolutely should have won. So I think that there are some major questions. The Saints are really good. Their defense is excellent. Everyone has a bad day. I'm not trying to overreact to one loss for a New Orleans team that has been really good for two months. But I do think you saw just how vulnerable they are without Breeze. And if he doesn't come back, and not just come back, but come back fully healthy, I do not think they get to the Super Bowl. Bubba, what's the next game? Dolphins. Well, I mean, I had really strong thoughts on both of these. Look, Patrick Mahomes had a terrible day. He had only thrown two picks the entire season. He threw three interceptions and took a 30-yard sack yesterday, and he still threw for almost 400 yards. I mean, he's so good, it's ridiculous, and they're so explosive. Dan Orlovsky made the comparison on Get Up this morning to the Warriors. Like, the Warriors could look bad for, like, for an entire half and then come out in the third quarter and just blow the doors off you because they make six threes in a row and just like that if there's a deficit they make it up and that's what the Chiefs are but I'm telling you it could catch up to them they leave so many opportunities on the field and they are very mediocre in the red zone I'm telling you it could catch up to them in the playoffs this year and as far as the Dolphins I really like that team the defense is good the corners are great Tua looked really good to me yesterday the tight end that kid Gasicki is really good The Dolphins are a good team. The Dolphins are about a year away, I think, from being the biggest threat to Kansas City's run in the AFC. Bubba, what's the next game?
0: Titans and Jaguars.
1: Derrick Henry is my favorite player to watch in the entire NFL. Watching Derrick Henry run when he gets a full head of speed is what I would imagine it would look like if you allowed a racehorse to run out onto the field because you can't tackle him. You just have to kind of hope that you can veer him into a direction where he stops himself, which I have no experience in this, but it seems to me, I think, is the way you stop a horse from running. Derrick Henry is unstoppable, and yesterday he was unreal. And when he gets going, I think it is as much fun to watch him as any individual player in the NFL. Bubba, last game.
0: Jets at Seahawks.
1: Speaking of fun, that was none. Watching the Jets yesterday genuinely made me sad. Did anyone watch that game? What's wrong with you? That was a game in which the Seahawks could have pulled their starters in the second quarter. The Jets could still be out there right now. They would not have scored. At the end of the game, they didn't try to score. When the clock was running out, they just let the clock run out and ran the ball into the line. Down 40-3 to in the fourth quarter. With their, with their young quarterback who came with so much promise in Sam Darnold, just sort of hanging his head in dismay wasn't even a contest. They didn't belong on the same field, those two teams. Made me sad. It was a sad game to watch. Those are just a few Monday musings. Some of my thoughts here. Now it's time for yours. My number is 888-SAY-ESPN. Time for your hot takes. I want them hot. Let me know what the most interesting thing you can think of to say coming off of yesterday in the NFL was. And for the calls we bring in, hashtag Bubba again. Bubba, who's our first caller?
0: Yep, first up,
1: we got Chris. Chris, what's your hot take? Greeny, huge honor. I've
2: been listening to you since the original Thanksgiving Giblets episode. My hot (laughs) take is this. Dwayne Haskins is going to retake his starting job in the next couple of weeks. Alex Smith leaves the Redskins at the end of the year, comes back home to the Niners. Shanahan gets his starting uh, uh, QB, and they go to uh, to the Super Bowl next year.
1: Well, there are a lot of different. There's a lot to unpack, Chris, in that take, and I will tell you that while I enjoy it, I don't agree with either side of it. I was a big Dwayne Haskins fan coming out of college. I've not given up on him, but I think he needs a fresh start. I think just the vibe there is bad in Washington. He looked terrible when he came into the game yesterday, and then Alex Smith. I do believe San Francisco will have a new quarterback next year. I don't think it'll be Alex Smith. I think there are a variety of different directions they may look in before him. I wouldn't discount Matt Ryan being at or near the top of that list. Baba, who's our next caller? Next up, we got Sam. Sam, give me a hot take.
2: Hey, Greeny, what's up? So my hot take is the New England Patriots are not going to win their division for the next 10 years because Buffalo and Miami is going to take over that.
1: That's a great one. That is an absolutely fabulous take, Sam. And right now... Were it not for the 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 overwhelming persona of Bill Belichick, who could disagree? The Dolphins and the Bills are young. And they have the in the case of the Dolphins, they have so much draft capital in front of them. The Bills are young and really good with a really good young quarterback. Stefan Diggs is still young. They, that is a team that figures to get better, not worse, in the foreseeable future. The Dolphins, same way. Tons of young talent, young quarterback to build around. Tua's got to stay healthy long-term. Let's see what they do there. All that draft capital, the number one from Houston, the number two from Houston. I love it. Now, are you willing to write off Belichick? I'm not willing to write off Belichick. But right now, there's no question the Dolphins and the Bills look like they shape up to be the teams of the future in that division. The Jets are still the Jets, and the Johnson brothers still own them. So I would not, under any circumstances, count on anything from them. But I would not give up on Bill. I do not give up on Bill Belichick. I think you do that at your own peril. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. Bubba, who's the next hot take from? Yep, next up we have Mike. Mike, go ahead. What's your hot take? Hey, how's it going? Greeny, Mike, and KC. Just saying, Gruden caught
2: the Raiders another playoff. Maybe this year and definitely last year, not firing Gunther. He's too loyal to his friends. Thanks a lot. Have a good
1: one. Well, they did fire the defensive coordinator after yesterday. But that defense is just unbelievably bad. Rod Marinelli becomes the defensive coordinator. You know, the Raiders had no business winning that game against the Jets last week. Obviously, we don't need to go down that road again. But that was the miracle pass to Henry Ruggs at the very end. Outside of that, the Raiders would be on a four-game losing streak. And in those four games, including one against the terrible Jets, the Jets who scored three points against Seattle yesterday, in those four games, the Raiders have allowed... 150 points. That's 37 and a half a game. So you can say, what's wrong with Derek Carr? It's not that. Their defense is terrible. They are actually on pace right now to become the first team in NFL history to allow points on half the drives that they allow. Half the time the other team gets the ball, they have scored points. It's never happened in the NFL before. It should never happen. And it may happen to them. Thank you for the hot takes. Thank you for the calls. I appreciate it all so very much. Uh, As we continue in just a moment, the silent one has
0: spoken. Greeny, the podcast.
2: legal and administrative and customer support at robert half we know talent visit roberthalf.com today
1: all right greeny with you on espn radio here a little business to finish with before we get um, to some of the other matters here and and you know, we have the proof is in the Penzoil. Penzoil synthetic motor oils asked me to give you proof of something. Well, I can prove one thing, that there are going to be a lot of coaching changes in the NFL this offseason, but one of them is not going to be in Dallas. And the proof for that comes from Stephen Jones, who said in his regular radio interview just a little while ago, quote, there will be absolutely no change with Coach McCarthy. If you look at his track record and pedigree, he's consistently won year in and year out. We have the utmost confidence this ship is going to be righted quickly. So there will be changes in the NFL coaching over the offseason. One of them will not be in Dallas. The proof is in the statement, and the proof is in the Pennzoil. Pennzoil synthetic motor oils are made from natural gas, giving you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil based on sequence for a wear test using SAE 5W30. Uh, meanwhile, I, I wanted to—oh, uh, let me just read you this one very quick. I think Malika will get a kick out of this. So we just had someone call up with a hot take saying the Patriots won't win the division for a decade because Miami and Buffalo are so young and good. And Ray Necci, who is, works with us here, I call him Patriot Ray, texted me immediately. Patriots won't win the division in the next decade. They aren't winning the division for the first time in two decades after losing the GOAT and most of the starting D opting out. A decade, I would take that bet. So they have riled up Patriot Ray. Meanwhile, speaking of riled up, I want to get Malika Andrews in here, who covers the NBA for us so extraordinarily well, because I've been interested to see this sort of ongoing saga of Kyrie Irving, now of the Brooklyn Nets, saying he wasn't going to talk to the media all year long, and I guess by all year long, he meant the weekend, because he seems to have spoken for 15 minutes today, and Malika was there to hear it. She joins me on ESPN Radio. Malika, thank you for jumping in. What did Kyrie say?
0: Kyrie actually said a lot. Um, This is, like you said, it was the first time that we have actually been able to speak with him, that he's spoken to any reporters since February, since when he had his shoulder surgery, which feels like many, many, many years ago. It feels like when Tom Brady was with the Patriots, that's when that was happening because, well, you know, it was before everything that has been going on in 2020, but What Kyrie said really kind of most importantly were three things that stood out to me. One, he reacted to playing with Kevin Durant for the first time, which happened last night. Two, he addressed his uh, statement, if you will, his Instagram statement in which he said that he will not speak to quote unquote pawns and clarified that he was talking about anybody who would have a disparaging comments about what he characterizes as his art. He feels that artists basketball being his art, these are his words, that uh, they are already subjected to a incessant amount of negativity and criticism. And that is what he was trying to avoid. And then third, if you remember Greeny, and I know this was a while ago because it just feels like everything in, in 2020 is just inching by, he had said on a podcast maybe two months ago that the Nets don't have a coach that everybody is the coach, that he's the coach, that Kevin Durant is the coach on any given day. He walked that back and instead said, you know what, now that I've worked with Steve Nash for a couple of weeks, I need to take those comments back. Two-time MVP, and he's one heck of a coach.
1: Hmm. Interesting. All, all of Boston
0: those. <laughs> yeah,
1: it is. It, it, it's a lot because there's a lot with him. A lot comes with Kyrie. He is a brilliant talent. I, I am one who has used the term art when it comes to this. I, I've compared watching Michael Jordan play to what it must have been like to watch Mozart play the piano or, or, or Picasso painting a painting. I, I don't think that's a ridiculous analogy. Did you get any... What feeling did you walk away from it with? Like, I, he was saying he wasn't talking to the media. I don't care what he now, how he now tries to characterize it. That, that's what he was trying to say. And obviously, he has realized for whatever reason that that's just not a workable situation, which I agree with. I commend him for coming to that realization, however he did did you walk away from it with a decent feeling that that this thing can work out for him and Kevin and all of them together in Brooklyn?
0: Yeah, well, you know, it's they played one preseason game. They looked pretty good last night, although Kevin Durant said that he still felt like it was an okay game. It wasn't a perfect game. And really where his tests are going to be is deep into the season when he wants to be playing his best basketball in the playoffs. But walking away from Kyrie today, one, you know, I, I do... When he sent out the initial statement uh, on December 4th saying that he is going to move differently this season, it could have been interpreted many ways. Many people did interpret it as he was not going to talk for the foreseeable future. I reached out to his publicist who sent the statement and clarified, is this how he will be speaking with reporters for the rest of the season, communicating for the rest of the season? And she told me no that it would be a combination of statements and as well as quote traditional uh, outlets and traditional outlets is doing these press conferences. And so I was of the belief that it would, it would only be a matter of time. Mm. It was just about whether or not it was going to get to the point where the league stepped in and they did. They find the Nets and and Kyrie Irving $25,000 each just a couple of days ago on, on Friday. So what made this happen today. I think that's probably up to interpretation. But when Kyrie sat down, he was chipper as you like. For context, Kevin Durant's press conferences have been running about seven to 10 minutes. Kyrie talked almost twice that long. Hmm. So he was using reporters' names. He seemed happy to be there. He said he was thankful to be talking to us. Um, You can take what you will from that. I believe that today. Kyrie was was happy to or tolerating the questions that he was being asked. I felt that he was uh, being honest and reflective, but it's too early to say whether or not that that is going to translate for the rest of the season. It's
1: really well done. Malik, I'm out of time. I'd I'd love to do this again soon. Thank you for the insight today and we look forward to your reporting all day on ESPN. There's a lot more I'd like to know, but unfortunately the show is over in 20 seconds, so we will get more on this as we go. But I do think that is something that bears watching closely. He is a, a very important person in the midst of a very important time for that league. We'll talk more about it as we go. Obviously, much of this day was about the football. Thank you for being a part of it. Thank you for all the takes. I'll see you tomorrow morning on ESPN for Get Up, and then right back here, same place, same time as always, on ESPN Radio.